0: Good day and welcome to another episode of Ursa's podcast series. With us today is Dr. Don Steenkamp, a lead economist at the Reserve Bank, and we will be discussing a fairly new type of forecasting technique that is growing in popularity. Welcome, Don. We're so grateful to have you with us today.
1: Wonderful to be with you.
0: Thank you. So before we get into the technicalities of forecasting, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? What is it that drew you to this, this, this place?
1: So, I've been working as an economist for about 12 years now. I started out at the National Treasury in South Africa, uh, then I moved to the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, and um, I'm currently working at the Reserve Bank here. Um, I I work in the the research team in the Economics Department, uh, where the team has been doing work on various research projects involving the building of models for macroeconomic analysis. I find forecasting interesting because understanding how the economy is evolving and what it means for the future is very challenging and the great thing about this kind of work is that it is our job to keep learning so it's a fascinating ongoing challenge
0: yeah i think it's um, one of the age-old um elixirs they that people you know the alchemists <laughs> they look at turning things to gold and i think if we have that certainty in the future it can make our decision making so much easier And if we look at the past six months, especially with this whole COVID pandemic, there has been more uncertainty than ever, which I imagine must make forecasting exceptionally challenging.
1: That's exactly right. Um, The amount of uncertainty around our point forecasts has increased dramatically since the COVID shock. And the COVID shock has been so dramatic and so unusual that relationships in the economy have almost certainly changed. And it's very difficult to know how persistent these changes will be.
0: Yes. So the Reserve Bank uses a number of different models for forecasting purposes today. And you mentioned the point forecasts as one. And today we're going to be discussing a suite of models used to now cast GDP. And for the listeners, um, we'll be referring to a bunch of slides which you will, you may have already noticed are on the website. Um, but Dan, could you tell us a little bit more about nowcasting? What is it?
1: So central banks have to assess the current state of the economy, but our GDP data, which describes the level of economic activity, is only available with the lag. So if we want to understand the current state of the economy, we have to now-cast current GDP using available data. So the difference between now-casting and forecasting is that now-casting is the prediction of the present uh, whereas forecasting is forecasting the future um, and forecasting typically involves the use of structural models so models that describe the structure of the economy and often include analyst judgment. Now-casting models are very often based on statistical techniques especially ones that draw on large sets of data, uh, some of which will have different frequencies. So it will be either daily, monthly, quarterly type of data. uh, And some of uh, these series will have different publication lags.
0: Okay. And so how is this then different to the forecasting and how do you actually determine where the economy is at right now? surely there must be some kind of a lag um, or there could you tell us briefly about that methodology
1: so if you go to the slides you'll see that we use um, model now costs from nine different model classes including machine learning methods and mixed frequency approaches and what we do is we compare the nar costs So the forecasts of current GDP to our official Reserve Bank forecasts, as well as those um, from market analysts. And the benefits of using a suite of models like this for forecasting is that some frameworks will be better than others at picking up changes um, in the economy, and so we can put more weight On such frameworks when making forecasts in this type of environment Uh, and we've certainly seen a lot of increase in the amount of disagreement between different models um, in our uh, our costs over the last couple of quarters Um, and so what we do in the paper um, is we compare the forecast accuracy of these frameworks and we show some of the uh, the benefits to Practitioners of using uh, a large number of models over time uh, Both because they can inform our longer-term forecasts about because we have a good starting point for our forecasts um, As well as our ability to understand what's happening in the economy um, and so our narratives about um, What is driving changes
0: in economic activity? Okay so you mentioned this model suite and i'm interested how did you choose which models actually went into this model suite could you tell tell us a little bit more about that
1: so in part we wanted to use models that uh, are very different and incorporate different data okay so we have some simple statistical techniques that only use uh, gdp so our univariate models because they are often used as benchmarks um, just to assess uh, other frameworks against, then we also have some uh, more complex techniques such as machine learning models that uh, uh, can draw on a large number of series and can accommodate um, series with different frequencies um, and uh, we also use um, some some model classes that have been shown in the literature to be effective at um at at for for now casting purposes so we use um, some um, some dynamic factor models that extract um, that summarize the information content from a, a large number of series in a way that can be easily interpreted
0: okay with all these models that form the suite of models, do some perform better than others? And why is it useful to include all of these different models?
1: So different models perform differently um, at different times and different models also use different data sets. So if you, went, if you go to slide 11 on the slide back, you can see a comparison of the performance of different models and different combinations of models Uh, relative to our official forecasts and uh, statistical benchmark models. So there is a large literature that shows that averaging over a range of forecasts from different models will tend to outperform forecasts from any given individual model over time. Uh, So model combination, even if you attach equal weights to individual models that you're combining, will tend to Dominate combining information um, into a single model. And another benefit of combining forecasts from different models is it can help you guard against structural breaks. Now, as I've said, the COVID crisis represents a structural break, and so some models will tend to adjust more quickly in response to structural breaks in the data, and so will tend to perform better in an uncertain environment or an environment where there have been structural changes. So we show in, in the slide pack how different models uh, perform and we show that some uh, statistical models can actually uh, perform, uh, can outperform judgment-based forecasts um, in, in real time.
0: What do you mean real time?
1: Real time basically means um, Data is revised. Okay. And so um if what you want to do when you do a comparison is actually have all of the data be unrevised that you use. And that's quite difficult because most uh most institutions don't record data as it's published, they just have the final vintage data. Oh, so if you want to run a horse race between models, you have to pretend like it's a fair comparison. So you've got to actually have exactly the data that someone would have had if they were doing a forecast in 1999 you would have so you've got to have a data set that's that's uh and that that allows you to do that kind of exercise and so that's the main that's one of the main contributions of this work is building such a data set um but that becomes quite technical
0: yes i can imagine so when I looked at your research that you've been doing, a lot of the now-casting is with regards to South African GDP. Could you tell us more about this, and how have the statistical properties of South African GDP changed over recent years?
1: So I might direct you to slide 10 of the slide pack. Okay. There you'll see two charts that demonstrate that there's been quite a marked change in the statistical properties of South African GDP. Um, You'll see that the mean of the series, which is in the left pane, has fallen over the last five years. So that's to say the average level of GDP growth. And on the right-hand side, there's been an increase in the volatility of the series over the last five years. Uh, We would argue that it's really important to use statistical techniques to uncover changes in the statistical properties of a series that you're trying to forecast, because it can allow you to develop models that take these characteristics into account so that you can better model the dynamics of of the series in question and so we use a range of different techniques that you that in different ways can pick up changes in um, the properties of the data um, and we demonstrate how the relative performance of different models has changed over time
0: So you mentioned that you use a large suite of models and that it's fully automated. Given the trend of automation and artificial intelligence and big data that we have at the moment, do you think it's here to stay? Or dare I ask, will artificial intelligence take over? What do you think?
1: (laughs) Uh, So what we've shown in, uh, in this work is that one can automate repetitive tasks like updating models and reporting their forecasts. And we've also shown that techniques like machine learning can provide competitive forecasts compared to forecasts that include analyst judgment. But there are a lot of problems associated with the use of big data for statistical analysis and macro forecasting. And as a result, standard macroeconomic approaches tend to outperform big data methodologies in a lot of economic applications however big data techniques will improve over time and new data sets are becoming available to researchers and policymakers all the time so it will be interesting to see just how things change in the coming years and certainly there are already economic applications where robots can replace economists just as we've shown in our automation of our <laughs> So in a couple of years, uh, even these forecasts uh, may be uh, automated.
0: Wow. Just as we mentioned, the importance of adapting, I think um, that is the, the new quotient, adaptability quotient, which um, will determine our success. So <laughs> please keep, keep it up. Great. Thank you, Dan. Is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners? I think this has been really insightful.
1: No, just thank you for the opportunity to discuss our work with you.
0: Thank you. And um, yeah, I think it's really great that we have an opportunity to shed light on this really interesting work that you're doing at the Reserve Bank. Thank you for all the time and effort and for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. And for more information, you can have a look at our social media platforms and our website. Till next time.